Thanks for joining Sapelo Nerds, a coastal science podcast. I'm your host, Corinne. And I'm your host, Brittany. And we work at the National Estuarine Research Reserve, or NEAR, on Sapelo Island, a Georgia barrier island. What was that? You can't speak whale? I said it's time to talk about right whales. Well, what's wrong with left whales? Oh boy, dad jokes early today. It's North Atlantic right whale season in Georgia. Oh, that's right. Our state marine mammals are back for calving season. The coasts of South Carolina, Georgia, and northern Florida are incredibly important for right whales because the females travel all the way down here from their feeding grounds in the northeast to give birth. That's a pretty long trip, over a thousand miles. Not to mention that during this three to four month journey down and back, the mother doesn't eat. I barely go three or four hours without wanting a snack. Me too. I mean, for such huge whales, their food is pretty tiny. You're right. They are pretty huge. An adult right whale can be 50 feet long and weigh over 70 tons. That's the same weight of about 10 African elephants. But to get a good look at their food, you actually have to use a microscope. It's crazy to think about that. Right whales are baleen whales, so they don't have bony teeth like most mammals to chew their food. Instead, they have baleen, which are mats of hair-like fibers that are made of keratin, the same thing that's in our fingernails. They use this baleen like a sieve to filter tiny zooplankton out of the water column. They eat a lot of zooplankton each day, particularly copepods, which are very small crustaceans. And by a lot, I mean scientists estimate more than 2,000 pounds a day. Wow, that's a lot of plankton. The right whales can feed on this plankton throughout the water column, from the ocean floor up to the water surface. And even when they aren't feeding, right whales are known to spend time at the water surface. Researchers and boaters can find surface active groups, or SAGs, of right whales socializing and mating in any of their habitats at just about any time of the year. This surface activity may have been part of the reason this species was so popular for whaling. Oh no, it's so sad. Yeah, unfortunately, right whales actually got their name from being the right whale to kill. Whalers could locate a group of right whales pretty close to shore and harvest them all because right whales float when they die rather than sink to the bottom. They were such a popular whale to hunt that they were near extinction levels in the late 1800s. Fortunately, people began to realize that the population of right whales was dangerously low, and the League of Nations banned the commercial hunting of right whales in 1935. That's pretty early. The U.S. didn't outlaw other whaling until 1971. Well, by 1935, there were only about 100 North Atlantic right whales left, and we didn't know a whole lot about them then. We didn't realize that they were even visiting the Georgia coast until about 1979. Now, the southeast coast calving grounds are designated as a critical habitat for right whales through NOAA fisheries. So these protections have helped a bit, but we're still working on changing right whales from the right whale to kill to the right whale to save. The population of right whales grew from only about 100 individuals in 1935 to about 480 by 2010. It seemed like right whales were making a comeback, and projections showed their numbers would double in less than two decades. However, in 2010, the North Atlantic Ocean underwent an unprecedented regime shift that turned the tide for right whales. A regime shift is a large, sudden, and lasting change in the function and structure of a system. 
Some examples of regime shifts are ecosystems changing from one habitat to another, such as a salt marsh to tidal flats or forest to savanna, and the processes such as eutrophication when there's an overabundance of nutrients leading to algal blooms or hypoxia, which is a loss of oxygen. And the regime shift that affected the North Atlantic right whales was a slight change in the Gulf Stream due to a warming climate. Although the change to the Gulf Stream doesn't seem like a really big change, it gradually made a big impact on North Atlantic right whales. The Gulf Stream shift pushed warmer water from the Slopewater Sea into the Gulf of Maine. And the North Atlantic right whales relied on the Gulf of Maine as their primary feeding grounds. When warm water moved into the Gulf, the amount of prey available to right whales dropped. As many mothers know, growing a baby takes a lot of energy. Animals aren't going to be able to reproduce if they don't have enough food available. The search for more food likely drove the right whales a little further north into the Gulf of St. Lawrence. Which is a pretty big problem. The Gulf of St. Lawrence is a very dangerous place for right whales. It's a very busy area for ships, since this is where ocean-going vessels can make their way into the Great Lakes. It's a really important uh, access point for the economy in the U.S. and Canada. Also, the Gulf of St. Lawrence has intense fisheries for shrimp, redfish, halibut, snow crab, and lobster. And you do know what the two biggest risks to right whales are. What are they? Ship strikes and entanglement in fishing gear. All human-influenced. Yikes. So they're closer to their biggest threats, and they have less food. I guess that explains why we've seen a 29% loss to the population of right whales since 2010. It actually took biologists a while to see what was happening with right whales. Their numbers in the Gulf of Maine during the late spring and early summer dropped significantly, but we still don't know where they were feeding from 2010 to about 2014. It wasn't until 2015 that researchers noticed right whales in the Gulf of St. Lawrence through acoustic monitoring. At that time, the Gulf didn't have any protections in place for right whales. This led to significant losses for right whales with 17 carcasses found in 2017 and 10 in 2019, all connected to anthropogenic deaths. Since 2010, rather than doubling the right whale population in less than 20 years, the current estimates show possible extinction in less than a century. But it's not all doom and gloom, folks. Our hope for right whales lie in their calves, and our Georgia coast is the perfect place to look for new baby right whales. We have a guest speaker today that knows a ton about right whales and our monitoring efforts in Georgia. We have a guest today that knows a ton about right whales and our monitoring efforts here in Georgia. Our guest is a wildlife biologist with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources and part of the team working on right whale conservation. Trip Kolkmeyer. Hey, Trip. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me and thanks for helping me spread the word about right whales. So this is a busy time of year for you. When do you start looking for right whales and calves on the southeast coast? Aerial surveys begin off the Carolinas on November 15th, and surveys start here off coastal Georgia and North Florida on December 1st. We'll be out there in the boat on every good weather day through the end of March. So it seems like there are a lot of people and organizations involved in keeping an eye on right whales. Who are some of your collaborators in the white whale conservation? Here in the southeast, our collaborators are Clearwater Marine Aquarium Research Institute, Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission, and NOAA Fisheries. I guess it takes a pretty big effort for such a big animal. So how does this season look so far? 
Have we seen any right wheels or calves already this year? This season's off to an encouraging start. So far, uh, as of December 21st at least, there are four new calves out there and at least six other adult females on the calving grounds. This year's first calf was born to a whale named Medusa, who's at least 42 years old, and this would be her seventh known calf. Hopefully they can keep up the pace and keep cranking out the calves. That seems good. I guess any babies at this point seems great. But are we hoping to see a specific number of right whale calves each season? We want to see as many calves as possible. This season there are 44 whales on the potential moms list, and we need all of them to give birth. Even if that were to happen, though, it still wouldn't be enough. At the current rate of decline the population is experiencing, there just aren't enough reproductive females to calve their way back. As it stands right now, we need something like 50 calves per year, and with only 44 potential moms this season and only about 75 in the entire population, it doesn't take a whale biologist to do the math. If we could just eliminate the human-caused mortality, primarily entanglement in fishing gear and collisions with vessels, the population could grow and recover with about 25 calves each season. Sounds like we still have a long way to go, and there's still a lot we can do to help this species. Our next episode will actually go into more detail about ongoing efforts to protect right whales and what each of us can do to help. But do you have any suggestions for what our listeners can do to protect right whales? There are a number of ways you can help protect right whales. If you're out on the ocean during the calving season, slow down and keep a lookout. Collisions with vessels are one of the leading threats to right whales. You want to be on the lookout for large black objects at or just below the surface. You may see splashing from their paddle-shaped flippers or waves breaking over their smooth back. Remember, right whales have no dorsal fin. Right whales do have a unique V-shaped blow and white patches of callosities on their heads that researchers use to identify them. If you do see a right whale, you should notify the Coast Guard on VHF Channel 16 or report the sighting to the hotline at 1-877-WHALE-HELP. Or you can even use the Whale Alert app on your smartphone. Another way to help right whales is to make informed choices about the seafood you eat. Northeastern and Canadian lobster and crab fisheries use thick, heavy ropes that can entangle whales. Instead, enjoy local seafood. No active fisheries in Georgia have been implicated in right whale mortalities. Well, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy season to speak with us. We'll keep our fingers crossed for a lot more calves this year. And since we spoke to a marine biologist today, Corinne, do you know what the difference is between a marine biologist and a dog? Hmm, I don't know what. One tags a whale, the other wags a tail. (laughs) Well, 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 that's enough for this episode. Make sure to listen to our next episode to learn what you can do to help right whales. For more information about any of the topics we covered today or to submit your question that may be featured in our upcoming episodes, please email us at signer.socials at gmail.com. That's S-I-N-E-R-R dot socials at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Sapelo Nerds, a coastal science podcast brought to you by the Sapelo Island National Estuarine Research Reserve. Please check back for more episodes released on the 1st and the 15th of each month. And that's the Sapelo Sound.